they used to say a man's, uh, you know, a man's as good as his word. In other words, if a guy would say, yeah, I'll do that, that was good enough. And if a man said he's going to do something, or if somebody said, I'll do something, if they shook hands, or if they, then it was, it was good as doing it. Nowadays, we got, with lawyers and contracts and everything else, and you never know, you may have everything written down and still some there's a loophole or something. But when we think about God, he always keeps his word. This is what's so amazing. Whatever God's word says, it is always true. In fact, the Bible says God is not a man that he should ever lie. This morning, we want to look just very briefly and very quickly at God's promises. And we're just going to look at something very simple that you've seen it many, many times. We go back to the beginning when Adam and Eve sinned and God came and he made a promise to them. He said, the seed of woman will crush the head of the serpent. He's going to send a Messiah, a Savior, a Redeemer to deal with the sins of mankind. And we say that it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so the question really is, is God gave over 300 prophecies concerning the Messiah, the promised one. There are a lot of prophecies concerning his birth, his life, his death, and all those kind of things. And, and so God gave all these prophecies. And I just want you to realize what God did. I think about this. God said it would be the seed of woman, not just any woman, but from Eve. It would be the seed of Abraham, not just any Jewish person, but from the Jew Abraham. It would be the seed of Isaac, not just any offspring, not Ishmael, but Isaac. It would be the seed of Jacob, not Esau, but Jacob. It would be the seed of Judah, not any of the 12 tribes, but the tribe of Judah, and the seed of David, not just anybody from the tribe of Judah, but David himself. And so God continually would narrow down his promise about who the Messiah would be. We just saw in in first service, if you weren't here in the first service, you'll see this in the second service, but an angel came to Mary. And basically she was engaged to Joseph and he was a descendant of David. And and basically the angel said, you're going to have a child and that child will be the savior of the world. And you're going to name him Jesus, which means savior. And so that raises the question that a lot of people raise, is Jesus Christ really the right one? Y'all all know the story of me being on the airplane with a Jewish lady named Miss Fepperman. I'd fly back and forth from Dallas to Amarillo and then drive to Borger. And one time I got on the plane and I was sat by a Jewish lady. Her name was Mrs. Fepperman. And she saw me trying to study Hebrew because I was taking Hebrew in seminary. She said, do you know Hebrew? I said, I know a barely any Hebrew. And she said, I'm Jewish. And I said, oh, I love Jewish people. And so we talked for a long time. And I told her about Christ. And, and I said, Mrs. Fepperman, would you be willing to look at the scriptures to see if Jesus is the Messiah, that he fits it? And she went, no, I will not. And see, it's there. The question is, does Jesus Christ, does he fit the prophecies? Those 300 prophecies is Jesus Christ, does he fulfill those prophecies? And so at the birth of Christ, at this time of the year, we want to just think about prophecies dealing with Jesus Christ. Did Jesus fit the prophecies? Yes. And so what we're going to do is look at just four of them. They're famous ones. You already know them. You probably could teach this up here yourself. You could probably teach this. But the point is, not only do we want to know this, but we want to be ready. Because we're, within a week, the next time we meet, Christmas will be over. And, and, and so we may have opportunities this coming week to talk to people about Jesus and the Messiah and the fact that he fulfilled the prophecies and he's the Savior of the world. So did he fit the prophecies? Yes. And we're going to look at four prophecies and four promises. You know them, but here they are. Here's the first one that we're going to hit, that he had to be born in Bethlehem, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Michael chapter 5 verse 2 promised that out of Bethlehem would come the ruler. 
If you remember when the, when the wise men came and they said, where is he born king of the Jews? Herod didn't know, and he went to some of the religious leaders and he said, where is this Messiah to be born? And they said, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And it says, but as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, there were actually two Bethlehems, by the way. There are Bethlehem in the southern part called Bethlehem Ephratop, and then it was a different Bethlehem in the northern part. Beth, the one in the northern part we never even hear about. But this was Bethlehem Ephratop, too little to be among the, tra- uh, the clans of Judah. This Bethlehem was in Judah. From you, from this town, will come forth for me to be the be ruler in Israel. This is the, the, the king is coming. His times of coming forth are from long ago, from days of eternity. The promise is that out of the city of Bethlehem, the Messiah would be born. Well, how do we know that it's talking about a Messiah? How do we know it's just not some king? Well, notice this part of the verse. He says, first of all, one will come forth to be ruler in Israel. And then it says, his goings forth are from long ago, from days of eternity. He's saying that the one born in Bethlehem has always existed. He doesn't start in Bethlehem. He's always existed. And so this has to be the Messiah. His goings forth from long ago, from eternity. And so that, that's the key. And, and so the first promise that we always think about is he had to be born in what city? Bethlehem. Okay, the second one is he had to be a descendant of King David. Had to be. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, through 12 and 13 says, When your days are finished, David, and you lie down, I will raise up your descendant after you. It's not plural. It's one. Who will come from you. I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That cannot be Solomon. He didn't say, I will raise up your descendants after you. He said, your descendant after you. It's one. And this one will be a king, and he will rule forever. In fact, it goes on and says in 2 Samuel 7, verse 16, says, Your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever, and the throne will be established forever. Listen, who could that be? David knew that the son coming from him, which would rule forever, couldn't be a regular person. Because a regular person dies. A regular person can't live forever. A regular person can't be the king forever. And so he knows that it is the Messiah. Now, I want to just give you one other little thing to throw in sort of as a bonus. We find this in Zechariah, that this Messiah as a king will come riding on a donkey. Now, most kings come into a town riding on a horse. He's coming on a donkey, Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout and triumph, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation. He's the one that brings salvation. Humble and mounted on a donkey, even the colt, the fold of a donkey. He's going to come into the city riding on a donkey. So what do we have? We have that this baby, this Messiah, will be actually born in Bethlehem, and that he's going to be a descendant of King David, and he's going to be the king, and sometime he's going to come into the city riding on a donkey. Okay? Here's the third one that we all know. Born of a virgin. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. The virgin will have a child and it'll be God with us. It's the seed of woman. This is, there it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and she will name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Now I want to just do something real quickly just because of time. When we all think of Isaiah seven fourteen, behold, the virgin shall be with a child. We all say, yeah, that's the promise of the Messiah that 
this woman who's never had a baby and never had sexual relations, she's going to have this child who's the Messiah. If you go back to actually Isaiah 7, there's a king, his name is Ahaz, and he's a wicked king, and God gives a promise to him that God's going to take care of him and defeat two of his enemies. And the prophet Isaiah says to him, uh, ask God for a sign, and he'll show you the sign that this is going to come to pass. And he goes, I'm not asking God for a sign. Now, that sounds pious, like, oh, I'm not going to test God, but God already told him to ask for a sign. So he says, who do you think you are ignoring what God's asked you to do? He told you to give you a sign. Well, here's going to be the sign. The sign is going to be a virgin will have a child, and he'll be a boy, and they'll call him Emmanuel. And you say, well, so. And then he goes on to say, and by the time this child is old enough to know right from wrong, your two enemies will be destroyed. So the ultimate beginning prophecy in the Bible, there's prophecies that have both near and far fulfillment. The near fulfillment was in the day of Ahaz, a woman would have a child, and by the time that child was two to three years old, his enemies would be defeated. But the far prophecy is a virgin will have a child, and this virgin will give birth to a son, and it'll be God with us. That's the far fulfillment. That's why the Bible is really clear that when you study the Bible, in Luke chapter 2, it says an angel came to a, a virgin, Mary, who was a virgin. And that's why it's very clear in Matthew that it talks about Joseph and Mary before they had ever come together. She was found to be with child. So the prophecy is that there's going to be a virgin have a child. And so what do we get? We've seen that there's going to be one born in Bethlehem, He's, there's the son of David, and he's going to be riding on a donkey at some time. Uh, he's going to be born of a virgin. And then here's one that's amazing, and that he's going to be both God and man, the God-man. You understand there's God, and there's angels, and there's human beings. But this one's going to be unique of all because not only is this one God, this one is also man. He's the God-man. That's why the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man. It is the man, Christ Jesus. And so here's what it says. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest upon his shoulders. And he'll be called what? Wonderful counselor. Look at that. He's called mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. So here's this prophecy coming that this child is going to be. Now notice, a child is born. It doesn't say, and the son will be born. It says the Son will be given because the Son of God has always existed. So look at that. So the child, I mean, the child, he's the man, is the Son. He's called Mighty God. He's God. He's the God-man. So I want you to think about this. The one born in Bethlehem is a descendant of David who's going to ride on a donkey, <laughs> who's born of a virgin, and is both God and man at the same time. Wow. So... That's prophecies. Now, most of you know those prophecies. All of us have heard of Micah 5, 2, that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. All of us have heard that he's, that he's going to be born of a virgin. Most of us have put it together that he's going to be God. And then most of us have put together that he's supposed to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the, and the greater son of David. So there's a lot of prophecies, but these are four that are very famous. So here's the real question is, did, did Jesus fit these? These four prophecies, these four promises, are they fulfilled in Jesus? The answer is yes. Was he born in Bethlehem? Well, if you look, at, and you don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 2, 
it talks about that they made this trip to Bethlehem. Joseph went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he's out of the lineage of David, ordered to, mar- to register with Mary. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son. Where did she give birth to her firstborn son? Where? Bethlehem. What was the promise? He'd be born in Bethlehem. Where were they living? Nazareth. Why did they go to Bethlehem? Because the king made a decree that everybody had to go back to their hometowns to register so they could be taxed. And Joseph and Mary's hometown, Joseph's hometown was Bethlehem. That's why they went back there. He's born in Bethlehem. You remember the shepherds? The shepherds, where were they? They're out in the, uh, keeping watch over their flock by night. But here's what it says. It says, the angels came and said, I've got good news of great joy, for today in the city of David has been born for you a Savior. What is the city of David? What town is the city of David? It's Bethlehem. But you, you know what Bethlehem means. Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house. Bethlehem means bread. Bethlehem means the house of bread. That's where he's born, in the house of bread. Jesus that's the city of David. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So he got, he got one out of the four so far. Are we okay? Okay. How about being a descendant of David? Well, if you look at chapter 2 uh, of Luke, uh, or, or, you know, it talks about that, day, that Joseph went up from Galilee to Nazareth because he was a descendant of the house and the family of David. And in Luke chapter 1, it, it basically says that he was that to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, who was a descendant of David. And when the baby is born, says he will take the throne of his father David. And when Matthew chapter two, it says that uh, this is the Luke and the family. This is in Matthew chapter two. Where's the one born king of the Jews? The house and lineage of David. So that's who it is. That's who he is. He's the one. And by the way. Uh, did he did he ride in on a donkey? Matthew chapter twenty one. He said to them. He said to his to his guys, "Go into a village which is opposite you. Immediately you'll find a donkey tied there and a colt with it. Uh, bring them to me." And they did. And that fulfills Zechariah nine nine because it says, "Now this took place." So that was spoken through the prophet will be fulfilled. Say to the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the fold of a donkey. Did he fulfill that? Let me ask you something. Uh, On the cross, did they cast lots for his clothes? Did you know that was prophesied back in Psalm 22? Did Did they stick him with a spear and look on him whom they pierced? That's Zechariah. That was a promise. Did he die with uh, criminals? Bible in the Old Testament said he would die in criminals. Was he buried in a in a in a borrowed tomb? Psalm twenty two says he'll be buried in a. All the prophecies come true. Was he born in Bethlehem? Yes. Is he a descendant of David? Did he ride in on a donkey? Yes. Jesus was the son of David coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. Here's the big one. Was he born of a virgin? Was Mary a virgin? Yeah. In Luke chapter 1, 34 and 35, it says she will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Because she says, how can this be that I'm going to have this baby since I am a virgin? Since I am a virgin. And uh, that is a really good question. 
And, and I mean, and she, by the way, uh, if you were in first service, you understand that Zacharias doubted what God said, but Mary didn't. And when she said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? She's not doubting. She's just saying, how's this going to work? Because I'm, I'm for it all the way. How is this going to work? And it says the Holy Spirit will come upon Matthew 1.18, they were engaged before they had come together. No sexual relations. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, take her for your wife. The baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Listen, she's a virgin, just exactly. So born of a virgin, the miracle. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Wow. So, born in Bethlehem, a descendant of David who rode on a donkey, he was the king that was born of a virgin. So here's the last one. Is he God and man at the same time? Is he the God man? He was a man, Luke 2, says this son is born, but he's also God. Luke chapter 1, verse 35 says he's the son of God. Look at this verse right here. For today in the city of David, what's the city of David? Bethlehem. There have been born for you a what? A savior. Who is what? Christ the Lord. I mean, pretty obvious right there that Savior and Christ the Lord are all referring to God because the Messiah is God, the Lord is God, the Savior is God. So we got God, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a what? A baby. Is he the God-man? Yes. He's God who became a man. He's the God-man. He's born a person but he's also the Savior, Christ, the Lord. He is the baby born, a man. He is the Christ, the Lord, who is God. Jesus Christ is the God-man, the Emmanuel, the God who is with us. So, did he did realize Jesus fulfilled the promise? Did he? Can you tell people this? Well, what was the promise? That he'd be born in Bethlehem as a descendant of David, born of a virgin, and would be both God and man. And Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem as a descendant of David. He was born to a virgin. The child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is both God and man. God keeps his promises. And by the way, that's four out of 300. Okay? Now, there's a whole bunch with his first coming that, that have already been fulfilled. There'll be a whole bunch of some of those 300 that will be fulfilled when he comes the second time. So not all were fulfilled on his first coming. Some of the promises. I mean, when it says that he will sit on the throne of his father David, is he sitting on the throne of his father David? Not yet, but he will. That's going to be fulfilled when he comes the second time. And we'll see it. Let me give you some applications. First of all, let's understand God always keeps his promises. That means we can trust him. Let me ask you this. What did he promise you when you believe in Jesus Christ? What did you say, Susie? Eternal life. So do you have eternal life? Because God what? Promised it to you. He said, whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life begins the moment you believe. Every one of us in this room who have believed in Jesus Christ, trusted in him for, as our Savior, trusted in him for eternal life, what did he give us immediately? Eternal life. That's his promise. He always keeps his promises. He'll never leave us or forsake us. What should we fear? Is he going to come get us? He said, I do not let your heart be troubled. In my father's house, in many rooms, it wasn't that way. I told you, I go to prepare a place for you when I get it ready. What's he going to do? When he prepares the place, what's he going to do? He's going to come back and get us and take us to be with him. He always keeps his promises. Understand that Jesus is the promised Messiah. 
He's born in Bethlehem. He's the son of David riding on the donkey. He was born of the Virgin Mary, and he is the God-man. And so at this time of the year, let's proclaim and worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the one who died and rose again and gives to us eternal life. So when people start talking about Christmas and, and, and it gifts and sin and everything, it's all fine. But the bottom line is, why do we even celebrate this? Because the one born in Bethlehem those years ago is indeed the Son of God who is the Savior of the world. And whoever believes in him will never perish but have what? Everlasting life.